Hey guys, welcome back to the Ollie Media Podcast. Um, I'm Olivia. I'm Oliver. And this is our third episode. And we're finally here with Sid Coop. Everyone's been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) So many people have been waiting, I'm sure. This is great. (laughs) Yeah, on the first episode, um, I, I like misjudged the weeks and i was like yeah next episode we'll have sid coop and then i just uh, yeah i lied and then <laughs> like oh for sure the next episode so, so finally yeah. Working out that would have been well hey i just want to say to you guys first of all like i'm i'm really honored to be on the podcast of course and i'm sorry this has been my fault for how delayed this oh. podcast is so i apologize you guys have been super gracious and patient with me thank you no it's okay we don't really have like um set like times like, like we're, not, we're not very consistent yet yeah. <laughs> like yeah we get so many technical difficulties like our last one was the first one we posted on youtube and there were so many problems yeah. <laughs> we posted <laughs> we posted it first with like a really bad echo because something happened i don't know the audio got like not lined up all of a sudden so we had to repost it and it took yeah. so long for the you have to get verified if you want to post a video longer than 15 minutes it was just a learning cool experience. Thing. <laughs> Way to go, you guys. Well, I'm really honored to be a part of the learning journey. This is great. Way to go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. So, Oliver put on our, like, we have an Instagram for the podcast now. And he put um, what we should, like, talk about with Sid Coop. And then someone, like, there's a bunch of, like, random requests. None of them really had anything to do with what we're going to talk about. <laughs> but <laughs> one request was... Um, they wanted to hear the story of our first kiss. <laughs> <laughs> the story of my first kiss? Yeah. And ours. Yeah, we were going to just, just open it up with a little light story. <laughs> I love it. And just to be clear, um, we have never kissed. Like when we talk about first kisses, this is like, this is, we have not kissed. No. Uh, just to be, you know, clear on the podcast. Yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> no, our not first our kiss, first yeah. kiss, but like each First of time I met Sid. Uh, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bible does say we should greet one another with a holy kiss, but since COVID hit, you know, yeah. we've been trying to pull back a little bit. So, <laughs> <laughs> but right. yeah. So, do you want? To, I'll start. You you say yours. Okay. Just quick. So mine, um, <laughs> it was like the middle of like school, like class, and I was just like, I can't remember what happened, <laughs> but um, so I think I was can't remember how old I was. But I just like saw someone in like I saw someone in the hallways that I knew. <laughs> and she's like, hey, like you want to kiss? I was like, sure. And so we just like just kissed and then like went to our class, like, yeah, on the way by it was like a quick hit and run kind of thing. I don't know. This <laughs> <laughs> is like last year. <laughs> no, not last year. <laughs> <laughs> Last week in class, that happened? I don't yeah, know. Last... What the heck? <laughs> All right. Yeah, on the way to lunch. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. <laughs> interesting. Um, mine was like big peer pressure. I did not want to. <laughs> but I think it was because like it was when I first moved to like a new city. So I had to like like be nice to everyone. So I'd like make friends. And then this one guy like caught word that I hadn't had my first kiss yet so then he was like he really wanted to be my first kiss I don't know why but he was like just like telling everyone and everyone was like come on like do it do it (laughs) and then my one friend had just had her first kiss like 
a week earlier. So she was just a pro. So she's like, <laughs> I'll do it if you. So I was like, okay. And then he like kissed her and then kissed me. And then but yeah, I did not want to. But it's kind of funny because I ended up like dating that guy like two years later. <laughs> not want to kiss yeah. him. <laughs> I think my my first the first the story I tell about my first kiss and I don't I'm I don't know if there was maybe one when I was like grade two at school on the playground I can't quite remember that I'm not sure, but the story I tell is that was at camp, and I was talking with this girl it was quite late at night we were we were outside of the outside the cabin, and uh, I I wasn't supposed to be at camp but I broke my ankle driving a motorcycle so then I ended up at camp that week. And I, I always say to guys, listen, if you want to get a girl to talk to you, break a part of your body. And all of a sudden they start talking to you like it's unbelievable. So we're sitting there talking and all of a sudden I feel this on the side of my face. And I'm like, oh, that's like a big bug just splatted on me or something. And then I realized she just kissed me. <laughs> and so that was like the first kiss. And I jump up and I'm like, I got to go. And I, I go crunching back to my cabin <laughs> and I find my best friend, Carlin. I'm like, Carlin. I got to talk to you. So we're leaving the cabin in the middle of like Bevo's and, uh, and the council's like, Hey, where are you going? We're like, we got to go pray or whatever. I don't even know. So anyways, <laughs> we get out there and then I turned him and go, Carlin, you're not going to believe what happened. He's like, what? I go, I just got kissed. And he's like, by what? I'm like a girl. <laughs> so that was kind of, that's kind of the, that's the way I remember that first experience. And it was definitely at camp. I definitely remember this spot that there's probably a number of details that aren't quite as accurate as I would like them to be but I definitely pulled Carlin out of the cabin and definitely yelled very loud what took place thinking yeah. that no one would hear and of course everybody heard at that point in time so that's definitely the story right there it's definitely a good atmosphere for is it for i don't know like lots well, of we kind of put the big x nail on that at our camp we kind of there was a long time where we had rules at our camp that if you ended up like yeah, you're getting caught making out at camp because there's lots of elements that go along with that that if a guy and girl got caught making out the girl had to phone the guy's mom and explain to her what she did and the guy had to phone the girl's dad and explain to him what they what he did we didn't have a whole lot of, of that going on at that point in time so <laughs> that was kind of part of the jam at least that's like the urban legend around here that, that yeah. used to be that way Nobody knows for sure because it hasn't happened. That's well, correct. I don't think we've, yes, correct. Right answer, Oliver. I like it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, anyways, that's a nice little intro. <laughs> nice icebreaker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, we just kind of wanted to like have you introduce yourself because I don't know. Well, we just had class and Sid was our professor yeah so basically but, yeah. just give like a little where you're from and what you do kind of thing yeah cool you got first of all i love being class your class was awesome we i had i had a really great week i'm looking forward to coming back to finishing the class in the new year which will be fun too but i grew up in a little town in manitoba called elkhorn manitoba a town of like 500 people i had 10 people in my grad class that's it like that 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 was tight that was small we loved it yeah olivia what were you gonna say oh no i also well i had like 10 people in my class before i moved to like a city so I didn't graduate with them but I grew up with them you understand small town living I like it that's great mm -hmm. yeah so did that and then I went to Briarcrest after high school did a year of university and then felt like I wanted to go into full-time youth ministry so finished at Briarcrest I was in Canmore Alberta there for four years I youth pastoring in the church and then in Lethbridge Alberta for 11 years and uh, was youth pastoring there 
while running our organization, Truth Matters. And then for the last about seven years, we've been here in Kelowna. And uh, our organization, my wife's the executive director of Green Bay Bible Camp. So we live at the camp and then I run our organization and we spend most of our time right now encouraging and equipping youth workers to better disciple students. And, um, and so we, we do that in a multiple ways. We run conferences when we can across the country. We run a school, a two-year program called the Coalition for Youth Ministry Excellence. We do um, research we do uh, uh, resourcing and a lot of it is online resourcing. And then we do like uh, helping uh, design youth ministries and coaching and helping youth ministries become more effective in, in what they're doing. So it's pretty fun, you guys. I get to do a lot of this kind of stuff and, and just helping, um, helping people think through what it means to pass faith on to the next generation, which is what we were doing at Kaleo, teaching a class on camping and youth ministry, which was, which was super cool. Love it. Yeah, it was really fun. Definitely. Um, so what would you say is kind of like the hardest thing, like right now with COVID and everything, you kind of said it's like a learning experience for everyone. So uh, yeah, how would we, like, what's a good way to reach the youth going forward, I would say? Yeah, man, that's a really great question, Oliver. So here's what's been hard. I think in many of our youth ministry environments, we've got used to certain systems and structures for doing youth ministry or programs, right? We know that we can show up at church. We do this, 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 and this. We have these people involved. And with COVID, um, most of those systems or structures don't exist, at least not in the same way. So we've had to think through again, okay, what, you know, how do we pursue our mission? How do we express or live out our values? How do we invite kids into community? And I think, I think that's the, the hardest part right now, you know, because God has designed us for community. Like we experience his grace and his love um, through community so much, you know, theologically, if we take a look at, at the big picture of the Bible, you know, and you start understanding God's call and his design, is, is this concept that we were made for community. It's reflected in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we've been designed to experience that type of unconditional love. You know, uh, you know a word that, that the Bible used would be koinonia or a fellowship, a way of being together. We're designed for that, that trans, that's transforming in our lives. And, um, and especially, you know, in, in adolescence, we long to belong so much. And so I think the big challenge right now is trying to figure out how to create spaces of belonging for adolescents to be able to experience God's love and his kingdom way in community. I think that's our great challenge right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if this is like the same question as what you just asked, but it's kind of like, like, how do we like transition from like youth to leaders when there's like, no, like youth, <laughs> like there is yeah. youth to work with. Because, like, yeah, because yeah, like, most of the like learning experience is actually dealing with youth and having that experience of how to pass it on. But right now, like us upcoming leaders, we don't really have that experience. It's a little hard over zoom. So yeah. 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 Well, and that, that's a great point, Oliver. And I think, I think that the truth is it is hard. Like there's no doubt it's hard, but let's be really clear. This isn't the, um, you know, this isn't the most difficult context for figuring out, how to live the kingdom way. Do you know what I mean? There've been much more difficult contexts. You think about um, cultures that were violently opposed to faith yeah. and how the church had to figure out how to function and thrive 
um, you know, underground, love each other, gather, serve their cultural context. You think about, you know, the church when it was persecuted, even in the very beginnings, and how that persecution moved them to continue to think, how do we love each other? How do we care for each other? How do we, you know, serve within our culture and our community? So in one sense, this, is, this has always been the challenge. I think we've been in a unique space for a lot of years in, in, in Western culture. But, you, you know, this isn't, I would, I would like to suggest that this isn't the first time that we or the church have, have faced challenges in how to go about this. So what do we do? I think we remind ourselves exactly what we're about. Like, let's, let's refocus on our mission and our purpose. Let's acknowledge kind of the um, environments that we are in right now. And then let's think um, innovatively about how we can pursue the mission that God's called us to. Because a couple of things that keep driving me, you guys. Number one, if God didn't want me in this time, I wouldn't be here. So I've been called to a time such as this. And number two, um, he always has a way. Like he's always been working. He is working. He always will be working. And so there is a way forward in this. And so I think what we do is we get together. We pray. We think about the best possible ways that we can do the gospel work he's called us to. And then we try it. And when it doesn't work, we reimagine again. And I think the hard part is, um, is fighting to grow our faith in this time, trusting that God is at work, trusting he has a way, trusting he'll give us a way for the next step. That's the hard part. So then now here's what's fascinating to me, you guys. What's really fascinating to me is for the longest time, we've talked about our digital platforms as being a real distraction from healthy living and, you know, growing deep in Jesus. And there are certain things that are distractions about it. And yet now in this time, we're trying to really think through how do we redeem it? How do we use it? And so I was talking with, um, with a lady named Crystal Curgis, who's from the U.S. She's absolutely wonderful. And she's the um, vice president of discipleship for Young Life in the U.S. And she said to me, she goes, Sid, I think one way forward is that before we would do discipleship and our digital devices were a distraction from what we were trying to do. And now they've become the platform for doing it. So it might not be the same type of distraction. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not inherent problems with it. And we got, you know, like we're what we're doing in our youth ministries is we're trying to get volunteer leaders to show up on driveways, make phone calls, um, gather socially distanced small numbers in their home. Like these are all things that we can still do broadly. And then for you guys, you know, I think this is probably a season where, well, it is where you go deep in your faith because what we model is going to be the most important part of, of our journey of discipleship with others. So you go, you have a season where you get to go deep in your faith. And then to the best of your ability, you use the tools and opportunities that are around you. So maybe it means making an extra phone call, uh, texting. Maybe it means things like um, purposefully gaming with appropriate environments. You know what I mean? To build relationship and enter into conversations, right? Like, and I think if I think we, we try to be really good critical thinkers, we're aware of how things are shaping us, whether positive or negative, and we make good decisions on that. But um, by all means, we keep trying to help people experience the gospel of Jesus Christ, both here and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to wrestle with it. And again, I just have to believe my biggest fight is the fight of faith to believe that when God says he will give us what we need to do what he's asking us to do. That includes now. And so I'm praying that his spirit will keep leading me. But it's not easy, you guys. Like, 
I mean, this is a great moment on the podcast to sound so positive. But <laughs> then in like a half hour from now, I'm like, Lord, I can't keep going. So yeah, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, so yeah, and I think we learned a lot about like things we can do like in class too. Got a lot of notes. I don't remember them often. <laughs> uh, me neither. By the way, I understand that. And you, and again, you know what, you guys like, like no one. There's no such thing as an expert in this time because we've never been through this. Mm. So all of us are trying to learn uh, together, and that's just true. So no one's an expert at this point. Yeah, trial and error is a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. So then, um, moving on, I was gonna ask if you have any advice for like getting like more um youth involved like in like the church as like and like youth group and kind of thing and like just kind of like elaborate on how we're like we come off as like judgmental but like that kind of like scares kids away because like I know for like our youth group that like we're helping at right now like Mm -hmm. there's like kind of a lack of youth and I think like a lot of the youth groups are experiencing that so just like I don't know how do we get them (laughs) yeah that's a great question Olivia so Here's what I think. I think um, I think uh, trust built over time allows us the opportunity to influence deeply. And so then I go, okay, how do we get to build trust? Well, we have shared experiences together. Do you know what I mean? We do stuff together. We learn to relate. We learn to listen. So um, I, I've been a big believer that I overestimate what I can accomplish in like one year and underestimate what I can do in five. When I started in Canmore um, as a new youth worker, and I wasn't thinking in terms of one year and five, I was thinking in terms of like one month and five months, you know, at that point at the beginning, I thought that kids should listen to me and I should be able to influence on all this stuff right away. And they didn't want to, it was, they hadn't wanted nothing to do with me that way. And what I had to do was just persevere in, um, in, um, in loving and staying present and continuing to pursue appropriately in a non-threatening manner. And it took us like two months plus with a lot of shared experiences and a lot of perseverance where all of a sudden they began to trust me and start opening up. And then I could begin to influence, you know what I mean? And so to like, I would always say um, aggressively love and humbly point to the truth over time can will win the day, but, but we have to be patient and we have to be present and we have to persevere. Does that make sense, you guys? So I don't think it's magic, but man, it's not easy, right? Yeah. yeah and then oh, you can go ahead. Go ahead. It's like kind of hard like for us because I don't know. We only have like yeah. one year. So I'm like, and I still feel kind of like awkward, like, I don't know, <laughs> like talking to the kids and stuff because like we don't know them that well. And like some yeah. to themselves. For you, guys, it's, for you guys, it's really hard because you get to drop in once a week. And you're only here for like a year, if that. And so here's what I think. I my my For you guys, what I think is number one, this is a great opportunity for you to learn. So you get to drop in and learn. You observe, you see, you'll even learn how kids respond in the short term and those sorts of things. So that's a great learning. You get to observe structures and see how have those structures that are in place help facilitate good, like, um, good relationships and ministry. So you're observing a lot. And then I think what you do is you pray, God, help me to be faithful in the moments you want to give. So, so I also don't underestimate how powerful a moment can be when God calls us to step into a young person's life for just this time. And so I know I can't do everything, but I can be faithful in this time. Maybe it's just faithful to listen 
Maybe it's simply faithful to say hi. Maybe it's simply faithful to be interested in someone. Like maybe they've never had someone before actually give them honor and dignity or respect by asking an honest question and wanting to actually listen to them. You know what I mean? That might be like one of the first times. And even though outwardly they might respond defensively or cautiously, we never know what God's doing inwardly. And so I think, you know, for you guys, I would just go, Lord, this is all I got right now. I got this hour and a half this week. So I'm going to trust that your spirit will help me be faithful with that hour and a half this week. And it might only be me standing there praying for these kids in my head. Like that might be the only thing I get to do. You know what I mean? But that's a good thing. Like that's a really good thing and a really important thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think part of, yeah, like bringing more kids in and uh, like keeping them coming to you is what you said is like building the trust. So long term. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of good. Like realize to not like try and put that weight in our shoulders to make like our yeah, and you guys are helping out at youth youth groups. So those youth groups have the burden of responsibility to figure out how to engage their community, how to create experiences and opportunities, you know, to bring the community in and to go to the community. And then they invite you on that journey. So so you guys are guests for a time to be faithful in the moment, but really it's those organizations and those churches that bear the burden of responsibility to really figure out how to um how to make a difference in their community that's actually their responsibility primarily yeah 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 that's good good thought to think (laughs) (laughs) um oh yeah so then like going along with that i was kind of like went in the first like conference that you guys had like the zoom that we were watching or whatever they're the one yeah um the one guy was saying how like uh you need to create like uh time for like the individuals to like have like trans or like individual time for trans wait what transformational (laughs) transfer like for transformation like on their own terms kind of and like he said a like youth group is always just like you know come play a game have a snack have the talk at the end and then it's just kind of like getting into like a routine and like i know that's like every youth group i've been to i haven't really seen anything different so just like kind of like how do you create create those like times for like individual transformation yeah that's a great question so i've always believed that um connecting with students inside program moments like within your program is a really great thing we should do it but sometimes if we only connect with kids inside the program kids can feel like they're the program a little bit you know what i mean like oh like if i wasn't in your program you wouldn't care about me so you know, so what i think is when we connect with kids outside of program moments so we go watch them as they're playing a sport or in their school or we take them out you know for a burger or you know that's appropriate with the protocols uh, of the organization you're working with when we work within those and do that stuff what happens there is i think kids go oh you really care about me like you're taking time outside of the program to connect with me i'm more than just a program to you i'm a human being that you actually value okay this is incredible so then that begins to have impact and then like now you guys don't get to do this but people in youth ministries or communities when they stay with that group of kids for a number of years and now they're connecting with them both in the program and outside of the program, 
that becomes really powerful for that young person because now again, they're more than a program. They get to see you living life and they feel deeply loved, cared for by you. You get to hear their story. You get to engage them in, in the real elements of life because they begin to trust you. So, so I really believe, you know, one of the things that we're talking, we're working with a number of youth ministries across the country and we have like these, these values we think are really important or these behaviors that reflect certain values. And one of them is reaching out. And so when you reach out to kids, when you intentionally go to them, and especially if you reach out to them outside of program moments, it makes a significant impact in their lives. It can make a real difference. And I know with my boys, like they would have their leader every once in a while, pick them up from school and take them for lunch. And we would give permission for that. We thought it was great. And it just made such a difference in their lives because our boys felt like someone intentionally, you know, was sacrificing time for them and cared about them and enjoyed them. And it was so powerful for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I even like feel that a little bit like <laughs> with, it's like with our youth pastors at our church, they're like young guys or whatever. And they always like are hanging out with us and stuff. Like they went golfing with them. Yeah. And then they're like, oh. Sometimes we get like McDonald's after youth group and stuff, and it's just like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But like, I was maybe like, I don't know, just when you're saying that, I was thinking like, because yesterday we had like some older youth come out, so like maybe we could be more intentional with our relationships with them because they're like our age pretty much, so like we can hang <laughs> yeah. out. And you know, again, depending on the protocols uh, and the plans that you have, like you know, to invite them into the dorm. Now, again, you can't do it during COVID. Like, there's all sorts of cohort protocols with that so i understand that but maybe it's like if there's time when you guys are online uh you know in 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 certain chat rooms or you're engaging stuff through instagram or you're gaming or different ways that you can connect that way as well those things say something also to young people for sure yeah 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 i feel like if uh if the leaders and them have a good community then it's yeah to reach out and then continue Mm -hmm. that forward so yeah, because I feel like it's kind of hard, like when at youth groups, when that when it's like grade like nines and then like grade twelves, and I feel like especially since there's a lot more like younger kids, I feel like that's kind of like uh, not really appealing for like the older kids to like be there hanging out with these younger kids. But if they're like friends of like the older like leaders, then they might actually. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, did yeah. you have any other questions? Um. No. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Do you, you said you went, you, uh, you were at EFRI for like 11 years, right? Yeah. Oh, um, did Eric Godwin ever, was he ever in your youth group? <laughs> Not only was Eric Godwin in our youth group, Eric Godwin worked at our camp here in Kelowna. Oh, he good. was just like at our place just a little while ago. In fact, I think he just invited my oldest son to come hang out with him in Lethbridge. So the Godwins, by the way, are crazy. Like those, wow. we've had, we've had, um, I think all three of them have been at our camp working here or two of the three for sure. So Aiden was in my youth group. Eric was too young when I was youth pastoring there. He never was quite there. Um, and then I forget what's the, I forget the third. Um, what's that? Graham. Yeah. Graham. So yeah, they're great. We love them. We love their family. Their family's amazing. Their, their mom is, was our doctor, my wife's doctor. So um, yeah, she delivered Cole, my youngest son too. How cool is that? Dr. Yeah. Elaine Godwin, if you're listening to this podcast, you are the deliverer of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. 
yeah so yeah because eric i was talking with eric because he's like my buddy and he's like i'm like yeah we have class with sid coop he's like oh sid's my homie like i went and stayed at the house i was like oh really he's like yeah like i would come up and he'd i'd wave but i don't think he saw me because he'd be on his zoom call drinking his coffee so <laughs> oh yeah i live most of my life on the zoom call but eric like that guy's so full of life man like he, they're crazy they're um, fun and crazy and i just appreciate him so much that's so funny <laughs> so, yeah he told me to make sure i said hi to him for you so oh i like it there's a well, you tell him, yeah tell him to listen to the podcast we give him all sorts of shout out on this thing man that's crazy <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so thank you Eric. Yeah. special shout out so yeah i think that's pretty much all we have for this episode do you have any closing words? <laughs> no, I just want to say thanks so much, you guys, for letting me be a part of your podcast. That's so cool. And thanks. I love the class. Can't wait to get back. And yeah. uh, keep rolling with this, you guys. This is wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it's fun. I, I think yeah. besides all the technical difficulties we have every week. Yeah. <laughs> you'll figure it out. It'll keep, it'll, it, it, you're going to keep having them, but stay the course. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, it's lots of fun. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be on it. Awesome. Oh, my pleasure, you guys. Sure appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.